Hi, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about being a good Samaritan and not the robber. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 14th of February, 2022. And I know that some of you celebrate Valentine's Day and some of you do not. Honestly, uh, it's one of those man-made traditions that's really up to you, I guess, to decide if you want to celebrate or not. Um, But my family doesn't really. I know that uh, growing up, my family did. You know, my parents would buy us little Valentine's gifts. Um, It just made us feel special. I know there are some who are very much against it because of the pagan roots, um, but it's also not replacing any of the Feast of the Lord. So if you have an opinion on that, you're welcome to email me about it, but that's just my two cents. Today, we are going to be talking about being the Good Samaritan and not the robber. But before we get into that, the Torah portion for this week is Ki Tisa, which means when you take. And it's Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 to chapter 34, verses 35. Then you have the half Torah portion, which is 1 Kings 18, 1 to 39. And then you have Acts as the Brit Harshah, chapter 7, verses 35. All of these are fantastic. Get into the word. These are amazing. This is, you know, talking about you know, when Moses went up to the mountain to be uh, with Adonai and the people decided to get Aaron to make a calf. And there's just so much good stuff in there. I could probably do about 50 podcasts just talking about this particular tour portion. Um, First Kings portion is one of my favorite prophets. I would argue he's probably my favorite, which would be Elijah, where he goes against the Prophets of Baal, that also is fantastic acts. It's really short and sweet, and that's talking about Moses. So just really get into it um, and really just ask the Lord to reveal to you something new. Now, I know that last week I, t- I talked about being unclean, and as I said, I'm not really sure exactly what you're like. I get why you're saying you have skin issues, and that's why you felt like you know you can relate to being unclean, but I'm not really sure what you're talking about there. I'm like, look. For my podcast, my goal is not to talk about certain parts of the Bible and go along with what everyone else gets out of it, if that makes any sense. Um, for me, you know, I, I you need to remember that we see the word through the eyes of our own life experiences. And so I kind of try to say here, like, look, this is the typical spin. This is this is what most pastors and rabbis and other people get out of this particular verse or this story or what happened in these people's lives. And a lot of times I think it's even better to get more than one thing for one. And so when I like come up with these really wacky or kind of weird out of the box thought processes, it's because that's how my brain works. My thought is like, okay, this is like the obvious take that I get out of this particular story. This is, you know, obviously, you know, what everyone talks about. So obviously I'm going to be talking about the Good Samaritan. And most people who have followed Yeshua for any amount of time know the story about the Good Samaritan. I will tell you it was a little weird. Maybe I just spelled Samaritan wrong. Um, But I was typing in on my YouVersion app, the Good Samaritan, trying to see like, okay, where exactly is this in the Bible? I cannot remember exactly where it's at. Obviously I knew it was in the New Testament. And 
kept saying no results. Can't find this. And I'm like, okay, am I spelling this wrong? Like what's going on? But my husband's like, oh, it's in this. So God bless you, Ben. You, you save the day for me. But most people talk about, you know, I mean, even my tree of life version talks about who is my neighbor. That's the title for where you find the good Samaritan, which is in Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 25 to 37. And I'm going to go ahead and read it and kind of go over it real quick. Like this is what most people get out of it. And then kind of discuss my own life experiences and explain this is kind of what I got out of it this particular week. Who is my neighbor? So Luke 10, 25 to 37. Welcome to join me. Read it in your own Bible. Now a certain Torah lawyer stood up to entrap Yeshua saying, teacher, what should I do to gain eternal life? Then Yeshua said to him, what has been written in the Torah? How do you read it? And he replied, you shall love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Yeshua said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he said to Yeshua, Then who is my neighbor? Yeshua replied, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by robbers, who stripped him and beat him. Then they left, abandoning him as half dead. And by chance, a Kohen was going down that road. But when he saw the man, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan who was traveling came upon him, and when he noticed the man, he felt compassion. He went up to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then setting him on his own animal, he brought him to a lodge for travelers and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave, him to the gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever else you spend upon my return, I will repay you myself. Which of these three seems to you a neighbor to the one attacked by robbers? And he said, The one who showed mercy to him. Then Yeshua said to him, Go and do the same. <clears throat> now, obviously, most people talk about how we shouldn't be the three people <laughs> who walked by him. You know, how many times in life do we see somebody who's in need, who needs help, and we walk right by and we don't do anything, we don't help them? I obviously agree with the statement that, yes, we should help them. Great saying, you see a need, you fill the need. Can you help every single person on the earth? Unfortunately, no. We just aren't equipped to do that. Um, even Mother Teresa was not able to help every single person in the world. She tried her best, though. But I think it's really important for us to take more than just who is my neighbor out of this. Now, that goes back to... The past week I've had. Some of you know the story. Some of you don't. Bear with me for those of you who have already heard the story. So the past few months, my husband and I have been really struggling when it comes to having a vehicle. I think I've actually mentioned that in the podcast recently. And we have two cars. One's a Honda Pilot, which is an SUV. One's a Honda Odyssey, which is a minivan. We love both of these vehicles. Honda is a really great company. My minivan, which is the Honda Odyssey, over 300,000 miles. And it's been having trouble in December. We paid quite a bit of money, probably more than what the car is actually worth, to get some things fixed, replaced, so that she would continue running correctly and well. We were able to go to the rabbi's conference in that vehicle, which was fantastic. We were able to go and celebrate our, our honeymoon, or not our honeymoon, I'm sorry, our anniversary um, up in Virginia in that vehicle, which was fantastic. Didn't have any problems. The day we got back, from visiting, um, not visiting, and enjoying our time in Virginia for our anniversary, 
my transmission in that vehicle started slipping. And actually, the power steering is what went out first while I was driving to go to work to drive my school bus. And ironically, the same thing happened to my husband. It had to do with a faulty part that they had gotten from um, whoever our mechanic had gotten the part from. So they replaced that free of charge. Hallelujah. But then as soon as we got it back, my transmission started slipping. This, of course, is a problem. You cannot drive a vehicle if your transmission does not work. And our mechanic doesn't do transmission. So he sent us to a specialty transmission person because he's like, it's definitely the transmission. These people told us, you're going to need a brand new transmission. It's not just the part that you need. It's a whole thing. Now that's about $4,000. My vehicle is not worth that much money, not even a little bit. And so thankfully, two weeks prior, we had gone and gotten another vehicle, a Toyota Sienna, um, kind of with the thought processes, we have four uh, teenagers in our house. So having three vehicles would be a good thing, especially because two of them have jobs. But sadly, my Odyssey, my minivan, it died um, because we said, we're not going to pay for that. We just want to tow it. We're going to take it to the salvage yard. We'll get paid, you know, for basically the weight of the vehicle and be done with it. Well, these people for the salvage area, they, uh, they towed it without telling us that they were towing it. The transmission people let them tow it without telling us. They took it to their salvage yard in a totally different uh, part of town that was not where we thought they were taking it. Um, they took it before we were able to even clean out the vehicle. And when I went the next day to clean out the vehicle, the person who had towed it had taken everything out of all of the compartments and dumped them on the floor. And if you've ever been to a salvage yard, it's basically a giant mud pit. And then he proceeded to walk all over all parts of my vehicle, not just the front, inside with muddy boots and walked all over the items I had not had time to take out of my vehicle. Now, if you've got more than a couple kids or even a couple kids, you know, there's a whole lot of crud that you got to pick out of your car. That is, you know, items that your kids have. So when I got there, it was completely trashed. And for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm one of those crazy people who actually names their vehicles. This vehicle's name was Beersheba, by the way. And um, I believe, for me, this is just my own personal opinion. Um, there are some very strange people out there who evidently have, um, they become in love with inanimate objects. That is not what I'm talking about here. What happened is this. See, what happened is that I believe that when Adonai gives you something like a car or a house, especially those big items, and we are called to be good stewards of those things, we are to take care of them so that they in turn can take care of us. Because if you don't do regular maintenance on your vehicle, it's going to die and you will have to get a brand new vehicle. Right. And, and Adonai doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to be able to not be in debt and have to deal with that. So I get a little attached to my vehicles. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. But it also was the fact that this person had decided to go through my belongings, my personal belongings, dump them on the floor. And then he took a few of the items that um, was in my vehicle. And that really upset me. It wasn't even so much about the items because material items can be replaced. It's that simple. 
it was the disregard and the lack of integrity, um, going through a person's things and stealing things that you want and then treating the rest like trash. It's like if somebody came into your home and trashed your old, your own house and took a few things and left a bunch of it and like had cut up your couches and things of that nature. Cause they had done that in my vehicle and it was just not necessary, you know? So it was kind of like, man, like, Lord, I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe someone would do this. And, you know, and obviously I spoke to them and they said, oh, we'll tell the manager, but you know, we haven't heard anything about it. I don't know if anything's actually going to get done about it. I don't know that I want to really pursue it, but you know, I'm just, I am crying. And once again, I am not a public crier. I do not like crying in public. Um, not my jam. I don't like getting emotional in public. So for me to actually get, be to the point where I am crying in front of a random person, a stranger I have never met is a huge deal. So I am obviously super upset and I'm crying and I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, why do other people treat people like this? And so I'm like driving home after this, um, and I'm in my brand new car and just crying and weeping. And you know, what's really funny is before I left, not only did I pick up all of the items I was planning on keeping, I also had a separate bag that I used to pick up all the trash that they had dumped and dispersed all over my car. And I cleaned up my car basically before I left the vehicle. I know I'm a weirdo, but the point is this for me, I really felt the Ruach, the Hakodesh, Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, really say to me, you know what, Erica, how often do those I love treat me like that man treated your car and treated those things that you found joy in? You know, and so often you have to kind of almost take a step back and, and be like, all right, Lord, like, what am I, what do you want me to get out of this situation? Because sometimes that's all you can do because you're just so upset and be like, I just don't know what to do right now. I really just want to hit something. I just want to go cry in a corner. I don't know what to do about this situation in my life. and I don't know how to handle it. And so you kind of need to take a step back and say, all right, Lord, how do you see this situation? What can I learn from this situation? Because that's really all I can do. I can continue to be really sad. And I was for like a day. I actually wasn't grieving what happened to my car. I was actually grieving the man who had chosen to do that to my vehicle. I grieved that he had such a heart and evil in his heart that he would do that to another human being. I grieved for him. And I'm not sharing this to be like, this is a holier than thou situation. Cause it's not like at first I was very mad. I was like, I want to talk to this guy. I want to get up in his face and say, what have you done? Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do this? And for some people, it's not that big of a deal. Like my husband, I think he would have been like, whatever, not a big deal. Uh, but he took some items. He took some items that were my children's things too. So, um, so I think it's just important to, to see the perspective. Now you're thinking, okay, what in the world does this have to do with the Good Samaritan? So obviously, we are called to be like the Good Samaritan. So when we see somebody who has a need, we fulfill that need. When we see that somebody ha needs help, we help them. Instead of when we see somebody who is vulnerable, we take advantage of that situation. Now, this man who towed my vehicle 
saw a vulnerability and the he saw an opportunity is what he saw. He saw an opportunity to take advantage of another human being and another human being's things. And you know what? I praise God that it was just things. It wasn't that he harmed my children or me because it could have been so much worse. And I know that there are some listening out there who have experienced so much worse. So have I, honestly. But then the other thought that I was thinking was not only did he go up to him and he bandaged his wounds, he poured on olive oil and wine. He set him on his own animal. He brought him to a lodge for travelers and took care of him. Now in taking care of him, do you think that he badmouthed him and told him that he was a sinner and that he was a Samaritan, that he needed to change his ways, he needed to repent? Or do you think that he just loved on him? He spoke words of life instead of words of death. Especially to a man who is basically near death himself. If you're speaking death over a person like that, you could actually help them make the choice to not try to live anymore. So we need to not only be careful with our deeds, but also with our words and our thoughts. Because our thoughts become our words and then can also become our deeds. Because the reality is this man who decided to go through my vehicle, I'm sure had thoughts before he acted on those thoughts. Typically you have the thoughts. Almost always you have the thoughts. It's not an instantaneous, it's not a reflex. We're not talking about, you know, accidental murder here. We're talking about, huh, I'm towing this thing. They're getting rid of this vehicle. Who knows if they're even going to like take this stuff. So I might as well go through all their stuff and decide if I want to take any of it. And they're already going to be trashing this vehicle. So if I want to, you know, make holes and dents and things in, in the vehicle and, and get it dirty, who cares? Because they're probably just going to crush it. You know, that probably was his thought process. Instead of being like, you know what? I don't know if these people are taking it or not, but I have no right because we hadn't sold the vehicle to the salvage people yet. So this, this vehicle still was owned by us, by a person he had never met, but it was not owned by the salvage company. So they had zero rights to be able to go into the vehicle and take what they wanted. That's being a robber. Just like these men who decided to attack the Samaritan, who stripped him and beat him. And they left him, abandoning him as half dead. How many times do we do that with our words? Do we just beat people down with our words? We don't have to get, you know, uh, physically abusive. We can simply be verbally abusive. And, you know, I'm not just, I, I'm not just talking to, you, to y'all. I'm talking to myself too, because I have a tendency to get, um, I'm a very blunt person. I'm very straightforward. And because of that, I have a tendency to be more likely to hurt people's feelings. And so I try really hard. And a lot of times I'm not successful. But I try really hard to think before I speak, to think and say, okay, how do I want to say this? And and is there a way to say this kindly and in a loving way? And if there isn't, then maybe I shouldn't say it. Maybe I should simply love them as Yeshua loved them. Now, that doesn't mean you don't speak truth. You can absolutely speak truth, but you speak truth in love. Because without love, you're a clinging symbol, right? Yeshua spoke in love and he always brought it back to the word. 
So if your actions don't line up with what the word of, of God says, then you need to reassess. You need to, to check yourself. I need to check myself and say, okay, was that actually loving? Was what I just said biblical? Is that something that Yeshua would have said? And go back to that cliche. What would Yeshua do? What would Jesus do? You know, those, those bands they had in the nineties that were super, super popular. I had a few, um, but we just need to remember that guys. Just remember that. And it's not just the good Samaritan. That's not the only, the only story or the only life lesson we can learn from this particular story. There's so much you can dig out of this, this one story. Um, another really great representation of this is some people like veggie tales. Some people don't, I'll tell you what, we just don't watch the Christmas, uh, videos, but they came out, veggie tales came out probably when I was about seventh grade. And I remember one of the first ones was about, it's actually called, are you my neighbor? And one of their little skits or things that they did was the good Samaritan. And it's one of the songs that we still sing around the house is, you know, I'm busy, busy, shockingly busy. More than an antelope, more than an ant. This is somebody, you know, one of the, when the Pharisee walked by, you know, um, and when the doctor walked by and that's what they would sing, you know, sorry, I'm too busy. I can't stop and help you. Um, and it makes it kind of, you know, comedic, but it also really hits home. How often in our lives are we too busy to help people? How often in our lives do we, instead of putting ourselves in other people's shoes, we only focus on our own needs and what we want. Instead of thinking, hey, maybe I shouldn't take from this person's vehicle just because I have it. And thinking, you know what, if this was my car, would I want somebody ransacking it? The answer would be no. Let, let's be honest. It would be no. But the same is true in almost every single aspect of our lives. Should I be talking to my child this way? Just because they're a child doesn't mean that they shouldn't be treated with love and respect because we're the ones who are teaching our children how to react and to interact with other people in their lives. And if we're teaching them to do it with animosity and sarcasm and just anger, and then you wonder why they act that way, it's pretty simple. You just need to look at yourself. Typically. Um, I know that I've had to do that multiple times. You know, I, I have one daughter who's very, very, very much like me and all of my children have gotten my, my glorious stubbornness, but, um, you know, I have to choose, how do I want to handle this? How should I talk to them? How would I want to be treated in this situation? It doesn't mean that you get to be walked all over, but it does mean that when you do say, Hey, this is wrong, you can do it in love and you can choose to love others. As Yeshua loves us. I mean, how does this particular story even start when a Torah lawyer talks to Yeshua and asks him how he can, you know, gain eternal life? You know, love Adonai your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You know, we say that twice a day in the Shema. Love your neighbor as yourself. Help us, Lord, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Our neighbor is anyone and everyone that we come in contact with. The waitress, the homeless man on the street, the cashier, the teacher, the bus driver, our boss, our manager, our coworker, 
our children, our husband, our wives. You name it, they're on that list. If they're a human being, then they're they're on that list. So hopefully I, I made more sense than I guess my husband didn't think I made last week. But um, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction. Benediction. I'm not sure I said that right. Which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week. Love each other just as you want others to love you. Right? Have a great week. I will hopefully be hanging out with you again next week. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an echo, L is in lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.